0: Technology is an integral part of our life. From our phone to our watches and other personal devices, we're connected today to more data and resources than ever before. A lot of these devices we can take with us anywhere, but when it comes to devices that are fixtures within our home, it's important to make sure that we have the right strategy for connecting and managing in-home technology systems. It can be complex, especially for those that either don't know much about a connected home or feel that they've done enough research online to try and give it a shot themselves. There are experts who work in the home connected space that can help develop a strategy to fit both your needs and your budget. And if you have a bigger budget, you can allocate more to the in-home connected technology and the world, as they say, is your oyster. Today, our guest is Dave Mahalovich, owner of Digitech Digital, here in the greater metro Milwaukee area. I've known Dave now for nearly 15 years, and he helped me develop a strategy for my own home, which we built six years ago, and we absolutely love it. And today he's gonna share a lot of what he's doing and how it's connected people in their homes to places outside, and especially in a work-from-home environment that we're trending towards, how much more important it is to have a real solid strategy. So please join me in welcoming Dave, to the Building Sustainably podcast. Welcome, Dave. Hello. So, Dave, tell me how you got into the home automation industry. I mean, I know, as I understand, this started a long time ago uh, before you even uh, completed school. Uh, Yeah, it's just been a passion of mine
1: uh, my entire life, really. And so when I was a kid, I was always into electronics. It's just something I've always found pleasure in doing. Um, I was fortunate enough to have a mom who was a school teacher as a kid and would bring home a computer every summer. And I, I spent my summers working on computers, which I think back in that time, I was I was born in 1981. So back in that age was not very common. Mm-hmm. Um, and so unknowingly, I kind of happened to be at the forefront of the explosion of the internet back when we had AOL discs and dial-up modems. And, oh and now here I am today still doing the same thing. So Uh, my, my formal education, um, is in telecommunication systems. So computer science, and, uh, and now I work in the home space, which
0: is my, my real passion. I was just thinking about the whole dial up thing just the other day, actually. Um, I was sitting next to something that was making a noise similar to dial up and I'm like, Oh my God, I haven't heard that for like 20 plus (laughs) or more years and how long it took for us to get connected and how easy it is today. So in, in what ways, Dave? have uh, materials and technologies for home automation become more affordable. Because I know in the past, people felt it was a big step to go beyond, um, you know, the traditional stuff that like a remote control in the house or something along those lines or remo- even a remote for the f- for the ceiling fan. But things have changed quite a bit. And there's been a greater level of kind of mass production that has helped drop, lower some of this cost. Can you explain that to us, please?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, what we're seeing right now are kind of the consolidation of the superpowers, right? We have Amazon who runs half the world and Google who runs the other half. Hmm. And between the two of them, they are in a battle to own the home space. And that's a really good thing if you're a consumer, right? Because they are driving prices down with mass production. They're developing products. I mean, their cameras have phenomenal quality for what you're paying for them. And we're seeing things now that are are leaps of technology in terms of quality um, and usability and user functionality at, at a price that just wasn't ever possible. I mean, even going back five years, these prices weren't possible. And now, as these Goliaths compete um, for your for your home, you get the advantage of that.
0: What are some of the more popular features that home buyers are interested in? I mean, uh, from my what I really liked and what I wish I would have done more sooner is the lighting controls. I, I, I had put some, I think we did half of it, roughly a little bit more than half of my house. And I know I just gravitated towards loving that ability to be able to create scenery in the home with lighting and have you know lights go on automatically or turn off automatically. And that for me has been something that's just been a marvel. I can't imagine living in a house now without having that. But what what are I know that's one of the more popular features, but what are some of the other things? And maybe talk a little bit about lighting controls. Sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think at a basic level, and and you touched on this when we opened up, people are working from home. And even if you're not working from home, you just need to have connectivity in your home. And so the vast majority of people, when they come into our show, when we start talking, the first thing is I need good Wi-Fi because everybody's had a bad Wi-Fi experience. And when we ask them, hey, are there things you have in your home that, that you like or you don't like? And the first thing that always comes up is we need good, solid Wi-Fi. And fortunately, we're in a time where we can provide that. And that's a solution we do in virtually every home that we work in. Um, you know, after that, the requests are pretty common. Video doorbells. We've all seen them. They're a great security feature. They're great if you have kids. A lot of just great functionality is, you know, if a package has been delivered, so on and so forth. So video doorbells are a very common request. Um, and with that are also surveillance cameras. Um, people more and more, and again, particularly people who have families, want to keep an eye on the front yard, the backyard. I mean, obviously, if we go online and we go on Facebook, we can see all these viral videos. They're all coming from people's front and backyard cameras. So you can just tell, you know, you, your your eye tells you this is everywhere. And more and more people are going down that road. Um, but to your point, I think one of the items that's generally overlooked, or people just don't realize it exists, like it does. Is controlling the lights in your home, and the the reality is, lighting control is a extremely powerful thing that people love, and it's just not at a mass adoption state yet. Um, and so, the analogy I use for people who haven't seen it um, is is kind of like the car. If you go, if, I love vehicles, right? So, if you go to your car, you probably have keyless entry. You've you've got a key fob in your in your your pocket or in your purse. You pull on your door handle, it opens, you get in your car, you push start, you drive away. And can you imagine going back to a day when you took a key out of your pocket, stuck it into a door, turned it, right. got in there, I didn't put it. Yeah. And, and so that's what lighting control is really in terms of ease of use. The ability to come home and press one button and have a pathway of light automatically light. To walk into a kitchen where we have more and more lights. The average kitchen has you know four to eight lights in it now, under cabinet, over cabinet, Pendant lights, can lights, um, you know, in cabinet glass lights. There's all of this lighting that we're doing that's so cool and we have no wall space. And so now I walk into a room and how do I turn on all these lights? There's and so, so many
0: switches that just takes just, care of, there's, what what um, what is it, uh, Chip, um, one of our lighting consultants calls it wall acne. When wall you have acne. <laughs> so many light switches on a wall that it just takes away from the aura of that space. Well,
1: and we we have fewer and fewer walls as a society. Right. We've driven toward open, open concept homes, right. yep. And now we are with with two usable walls and ten switches on them. And then you spend the next two years going on off on off on off, figuring. And everybody can relate to this, right? Everybody's got those that switch in their home. They don't know what it does, or they right. they walk in, they turn the they turn the first three switches on and off to try to figure out what they are. And so you know, we, we all have that experience. So now I can have a lighting control system where I press one single button and that button may light an entire lighting scene.
0: That's um, what I really like. And again to your point, you know, I can press like in my kitchen, I can press the, the I can have it at half uh 50% or I can have it at 90% of light, but everything goes on, so my under cabinet, my over cabinet, anything that I've got inside the cabinet, of course, the main lights and all the other fixtures. It's so great just to press one button. And when I think about that, I think about, you know, centralizing these different technologies. How do you help homeowners centralized. I mean, the lighting control we talked about, but there's other pieces that you can you can put, bring together, sound and audio or, and video and uh, the lighting. Talk to us a little bit more about that, Dave.
1: Yeah. And, and so that's what we kind of define as a smart home system. And this is interesting because clients will often ask for a smart home. And, and many times when they're asking that question, they just mean a video doorbell or they just mean a smart thermostat. But then there are clients that want to really streamline how they use their home. And and that includes lighting. It can include motorized shading. It can be audio and video. It can be that video doorbell. It's your thermostat. It's everything kind of rolled into one place. And that's where we as, as industry people, um, we define that as a smart home system. And that's aggregating maybe six or eight or 10 apps into one app by which you can handle your entire, manage your entire home. Um, and so, you know, the, some of the popular vendors in that space are like a control Four. a lot of people have heard the term control 4 mm-hmm. they're actually a publicly traded company now. Um, Savant's another company that's very large in that space. Um, and so those two probably own about 75% of the custom home market.
0: And they, and they bring all of that together in one
1: interface. Correct. And so now if I want to turn on the TV, turn on a light, look at a camera whether I'm inside the home, outside the home, I can do all of that in one place and not be hunting around to try to find these various
0: solutions. So what home automations do people wish they had done that maybe they hadn't thought of during the building process? I mean, there's so many decisions that have to be made during the building process. And of course, people always focus on, you know, obviously the right floor plan, the the, mm-hmm. the right elevation, and then you start talking about colors and interior materials and things like that. And technology sometimes tends to get overlooked. What are some of the things that people wish they would have done?
1: Well, and that's an interesting question. Um, And and we do a lot of new construction homes. We also get referred to a lot of existing homes. And so when we're doing a new construction home, we have this consultation process we go through with people. And it's really nice. We get to educate them in our showroom. We show them all the things that are available. And what we always say is, look, you, you may not want this, but it's great that you know it's available and you can make that conscious decision. The challenge is when we go to an existing home and someone said, "I, you know, I, I, maybe I built this a couple of years ago when I thought everything was going wireless and now there's no wires, mm-hmm. but now I'm having all of these problems because I have streaming TV and my kids are on the internet and now things are dropping out and it doesn't work and I can't fix it. And so the biggest regret we find from people is that if you don't put a proper infrastructure in a home, even though wireless is crucial, we, we, we use it for everything. If we don't put infrastructure, if we can't wire wireless access points, Mm -hmm. um, all of a sudden we have these problems. And this boom of Internet TV is really exacerbating the problem because now we're live streaming TV on top of everything else we've been doing. And all of our mobile devices and our watches and our laptops and all of these things are now simultaneously drawing from this Wi-Fi pool that's getting smaller.
0: We still need wires in this wireless world is what you're saying. It's amazing, but we do. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we really do. So having that good um, technology infrastructure that goes into the walls behind the walls, you know, is going to set you up for a successful space of using Wi-Fi. I mean, I know in my house you installed a bunch of repeaters, Wi-Fi repeaters in various corners of the home just mm-hmm. to make sure that I have good coverage. But all of that is is hardwired together to make sure that that data transfer doesn't get interrupted, there isn't a bandwidth issue or a capacity issue. And I really don't have any capacity issues in my house, but I can't imagine running everything off of one modem in a basement or in a in a centralized area of the home without having that wire connectivity throughout the home.
1: And that's correct. And we have these these things called mesh networks now where they have these little nodes that go throughout the home and people think, well, I, I have this mesh network. I don't need wires. The reality is those perform at their best when they're actually hardwired together. Mm-hmm. And so here again as we have three or four of these throughout the house, I turn on two or three streaming TVs, I've got all my mobile devices online and the next thing you know my TV's buffering, it's dropping out, the resolution's kind of it's getting grainy. These are things that happen when your Wi-Fi just simply can't keep up with what you're asking it to do. And hardwiring these TVs, hardwiring these Wi-Fi systems to your network Will really resolve all of that. It, it's the ironic part is wiring is cheap. Um, it's cheap insurance. <laughs> it's really easy to do in a yeah. in a new home, and it, it, it'll probably cost you less than two thousand dollars to wire a home um, just for basic wiring, and you will use it forever. Um, yeah. And that, that's that's the reality where we're at, and we're in no danger of using less bandwidth
0: anytime soon. The, right? The, it's, the it's amount only- of Wi Fi. Yeah. It's only becoming more, uh, higher demand uh, on, on the system. And, and you really need that hardwire connectivity. What, what, you know, we talk about wires and, and obviously that's stuff that's got to go in early, but you also got to think about what your plan is for your home because you've got to give consideration to that as you're designing your home and as you get in the rough mechanicals. What, at what point in the building process, Dave, do you recommend that people come and talk to you at Digitech Digital?
1: It's a good question. Um, And and we get this a lot um, from consumers and even builders alike that are are refining their process. Um, And the answer is we're generally uh, best to come in when the plans are finalized and during your your standard selection process. So you might be we would be around the same time as a homeowner might be going to their to make their electrical selections, their, their plumbing fixture selections. Sometime around that same time, they should be coming to see us. Um, and the reason we ask to do that is so we can give proper time to the process, right? People come in, and when they meet with us, they get this really big education, um, and and it's great. It's fantastic, but a lot of times they leave here with their head kind of spinning a little bit, and so we take the time to put together a really detailed proposal, and we take a lot of pride in that, um, and then we have to review these proposals and give people time to make a conscious decision, and so if we aren't involved early enough, that that timeline gets compressed and people feel rushed and that's when things can get messed.
0: Even if they miss some stuff along the way, Dave, in the, in the process or don't capture everything. And like I mentioned early on, you know, that was for me, you came back later and added more switches to my house. Cause I just fell in love with that Lutron lighting yep. system and you've done some other things. There are things that you can do after a home is finished. And you talked about early on is coming into existing homes or say a remodel or something like that to try to help people get connected in-home connected technology. What are some of the technologies that you can continue to add to your home once it's completed? Of course, you know, it's best to to focus on the stuff that you got to put behind the walls, but there still are some things that can be done after someone has moved in. Give us some examples of that.
1: Of course. And wireless is a wonderful thing. I mean, it allows us, it has opened up the possibilities in any existing home. And and we do get a lot of calls, a lot of referrals from customer to customer. Someone will call and say, I bought a new home. I'd like you to come in and figure out what we can do here. The home was maybe built in the eighties and the technology is not there and maybe the wiring isn't there, but they want all the new amenities. They want a TV above the fireplace. They want to have whole home Wi-Fi and so forth. And so we do a lot of that work. So things that can easily be added later. Number one, whole home Wi-Fi. Um, we will find a way to make it work. It won't be as ideal. If we can retrofit some wires, it's great, but we will always make Wi-Fi work. Um, I was actually called into a castle in Brookfield. A lot of people don't know there's a castle in Brookfield um, off <laughs> North Avenue and asked to put Wi-Fi in it, and we did it. So oh an extreme example, but I we can make Wi-Fi work anywhere. Um, uh, blinds, we get a lot of call. We do a lot of motorized blinds. Um, and that again, is another thing that people wouldn't think that we would do as an audio video or a technology company, but actually we sold more motorized blinds than any other devices last year. So we get a lot of calls from realtors and customers alike. Um, if you've got a home that has a Western or a Southern exposure, and you've got this two story great room and you really need to shade it, we have the best battery powered blinds on the market three to five year battery life. We can come in and add them. We're in and out, no cutting, very simple. Um, so we get a lot of calls for that. Um, lighting control systems. Again, this is gaining in popularity. I think the challenge with lighting is there's a cost barrier now, but that's going to continue to come down every you know month, year as we move into the future and it becomes more prominent. Um, wireless dimmers are easy to add. Again, no wall cutting, no wiring. We're in and we're out. There's no repainting. There's no patching. And 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 we're in and out of your hair in a day, and everything just works. So I think those are some of the more popular items that we see.
0: You know, one thing we didn't hit on was kind of audio. I mean, I I love I love as you know I love music. Um, and um, you know, you can only have so many Bluetooth speakers carrying around the house, but you put in a a Sonos audio system into our home, and we've got speakers on the outside, on the inside, we can. We can turn on and off different rooms. It's it's that's been kind of a really nice feature to have. What are some of the things that are happening in the audio space uh, today? Are you still working with um, you know companies like Sonos and putting those systems in?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Sonos is uh, a really good example, and I, I'm glad you bring that up. It's great for retrofit if you have an existing home, and it's great if you're building a new home. And that's the beauty of Sonos. It's just so easy. They make a sound bar that works for your TV. If you have in-ceiling speakers, you can reuse them. If you don't, you can use wireless speakers. I mean, really, the the options are open. And why that's great is someone calls me and says, "Hey, I bought this house. Again, it was built at a prior time. There's speakers all over. I guess I can't use them." Well, no, of course we can. We can come in and put Sono smart amplifiers at the end of that wire, and those speakers stay in place, and you get to leverage all of the stuff that's already in your home. And that's a great feeling. Um, and here again, if you have a room that doesn't have built-in speakers, we do a Sonos wireless speaker. Either way in the Sonos app, everything just shows up. It's seamless. You can easily control it. And because of that, we get a lot of referrals from people who have Sonos systems to their neighbors, to their friends, um, because it's just such an easy to use system that can be installed with such little, such a low barrier
0: to entry. I tell you, uh, the, the, the things that you've put in our home, and again, I know it's We're limited in scope than what you do for uh, your traditional work, and especially in some of the larger homes. And you've got much bigger, more robust systems that go in homes. I just it it just increases the level of enjoyment in my home. I feel like I'm in more control. I feel like I have access to things that in the past I really didn't have access to, like my Wi-Fi system um, that I can see if it's on or if it's off. I could see who plugs in or who doesn't. You know. There's just so much more control and enjoyment. You yeah, have an app for your Wi-Fi systems. now. You can actually see what's going on with your Wi-Fi. You right. You can see who's connected to it. You can see who's using it. And, and you know, it's amazing when you look at all the devices that are in your house. When you when you look at that that particular app, but it just increases such a great level of enjoyment in, in the home. In addition to the work from home piece, but just a greater level of enjoyment and much greater feeling of control. Dave, is there anything that I May have missed or didn't ask on topic of any of these questions that you and I are, have talked about today. That you might want to share with our listeners before we sign off. Uh, I, I think the um, I think the biggest thing I would share is that
1: people tend to get overwhelmed sometimes, and they say, "Ah, this technology thing. You know, I've got something in my house now, and maybe it doesn't work, and so I kind of dismissed this, and I and I move on from it." And I think the reality is, is technology is a good thing in our lives. Um, it can be frustrating at times, but it, when it's set up properly, it can work for you 98% of the time and you can really love it and you can leverage it to make living in your home better. Um, and lighting is a perfect example of this. Motorized shades, if you have you know a sun problem, these are very simple things, audio systems that we come in and out, you know, we're in and out of your house in a few hours installed. These are simple things. I call you know, the, the, the KISS method, the keep it simple method um, that we can install, that you can enjoy, that you're not going to be troubleshooting servicing, that you can really love. And, and here again, by following that method, by our company really lives by that method as much as possible. Again, we're in the technology space, not everything is simple, but by and large, 90% of the installs we do are installs that we get direct referrals from instantaneously. People love the systems. They're happy with them. They really enjoy the technology. And, and then we're getting calls from the friends and neighbors. And and so I, I think that speaks a lot that it can be done well, um, and it can be simple, and it can make your life in the home better. And there will be a time in the not-too-distant future where we just, this is a standard. It, 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 everybody's going to have it.
0: Um, it's just a matter of getting over that hump. So. I think the just having the infrastructure there, right? You. You don't have to take a big step uh, right away, but just get the wires in the wall, get a simple panel in the basement that you can expand on and add on to later. It, it just makes it so much easier and it makes it so much more enjoyable to use your space. Absolutely. Well, Dave Mahalovich, Digitech Digital. Dave, thank you so much uh, for being a guest on our show and, and sharing this great information with our, and, and your wisdom and experience with our listeners. I really hope that um, you continue to to flourish in this space. I know you will. And um, I appreciate everything you've done for us. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me.